Yeah, I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah. Alright, cool. We can always chop it. Alright, three, two, one. Let's go. We up? We live? Welcome, everyone. Welcome to episode number six, season one of Masterclass. I am Double S. I got Zilla on the phone. Zilla, say what's up to the people. What's up, man, people? Good evening, good morning, good night, good afternoon, wherever you are listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And hopefully we can share some insight, share some inspiration, and hopefully we can inspire you to change your mindset and change your circumstances. Peace. Right, guys, we got, I got a quick PSA to make, so bear with me. Bear, bear in mind, this is the first episode with visuals. I got a beautiful, well, for me, it's a screen, and for you lot, you lot are seeing what's going on. So, PSA starts with, let's start with, um, our, we now have a Patreon. Our Patreon is Masterclass. Oh, one second, folks. Technical difficulties. Let me just come over. Hello, Mo? All right, one sec. Yeah? Mind shot? Alright, cool. Like I was saying, um, we now have a Patreon, Masterclass 993, that's us. You can subscribe for exclusive access, unreleased, unreleased music videos from myself, and just have a good time, enjoy yourself. It was it was £10 a month, $13 last episode. We've now put it down to a more affordable price. You can now get the Patreon for £4.99 a month. For everyone else in the world, that's five euro, um, five euros a month, five dollars. Um, we also have an official Instagram and TikTok now, which is the official masterclass. Make sure you go follow that up, and yeah, man, tell your friends, your family. We're posting shorts, everything, and the the final the final PSA of today before we kick off the episode. The masterclass podcast is available on Amazon Music. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher. So, guys, do yourself a favor. Download the episodes. Follow us. Leave us a review. We've got some new segments coming up for this episode. But episode six, the topic for today is discussing my music journey, taking the songs into depth, and really just giving you guys a breakdown of everything. So, yeah, should be fun. And we ready to kick this off, Zilla? Yes, sir. So... I would say my music journey starts, well, it starts way before I think it starts. I think you guys have heard in, I think it was episode two or three. My dad mentioned that when I was a youth, he was in a studio with me back in the yard. So, yeah, man, just... Yeah, music's always just been like a part of my life and that. So, I think the first time man really took it like semi-serious, I was probably like year four with my brethren and that. And we used to just... We had like a little crew that was like, I want to say five, six of us. And we used to just, whatever song we that was hot at the moment, we would just remix it and make our own version and perform it in front of the class. So that kind of ate my nerves away at a kid, as a kid. And then, um, I think, what, four, I want to say four to eight months later, my Zilla ended up going to jail. So, you know, life kind of took a little hiatus and whatnot, whatnot. So, um... Yeah, I took a little hiatus from music, five years long, and then um, five years from year four, landed in year nine, met two two brethren, Crest Academy, Neesden, and yeah, they were just like, what, that's you rap? And I was like, nah, not really, but you know when you're trying to sound cool, fit in and that, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I rap. 
and then literally went home, jumped on Amazon, bought like three journal books, and within the week of starting to rap, them three journal books were like filled to the brim with pages, new flows, new verses, new everything, every page, and I still got them pages to this day, so if you're watching this on the video, you're definitely going to see them books, but if you're watching it on the audio, you're going to have to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Masterclass. Um, um, yeah, so after year nine, year nine's when man started and got my feet where I released my first song in probably like five, six years, which was Upsight. Um, if you guys go type in SQ Upsight and you'll find the audio on my Double S channel and you'll also find it on Spotify and Apple Music so and all that. You, can you let the audience know and the people who are listening or watching that you used to go by the name of SQ before you changed to Double S. Oh, yeah. So a lot of people watching this now are probably saying, oh, that's S. I know S. I went to school with S. So now you call me Double S. I'm FKA, formerly known as SQ. Uh, growing up from the age, from the age, I don't know, 12 all the way to what am I, 17, I went by SQ. So now... The rebrand, everything's double S, you know what I mean? So So what make you go through the rebranding? Uh what it was for me it was like, um I feel like I had grown, like I didn't really pick my name. Like I kinda just people knew my real name and you know what I mean? And I don't know what it is, like most people don't well, how do I even say this without contradicting myself, like I didn't pick my name. Like someone else said, yo, S, you're hard at rapping, but man doesn't want to say your government name on all these songs, so I'm gonna just call you SQ. And then it just kinda stuck. Whereas like double S man had time to think about it and you know what I mean? Put plays in action where I think like, bro, like no, double S is really me. Like SQ's more just how I am day to day, you know what I mean? Okay. Double S is the artist, like I always said there's a separation between it. But now I have almost like a name for it. When I go in the artist mode, I'm double S, you know what I mean? When I got my sunglasses on and I'm on stage, rocking out through the rows, people singing Breaking Bad, that's, that's you know what I mean, the double S in me. So that's what I would say the name came from, yeah. Fair enough. All right. So after year nine, man got, uh, I got kicked out of school, which I touched on in the education episode, episode four, link in the description. And um, yeah, went to back to Brent River College, Blackbird Hill. Man was um, um, I don't want to sound too big headed, but um, I'm gonna say I was the the innovator for music in that building. You know what I mean? Like when I came in that building, there was a little studio at the back by the basketball court that like four or five men really took seriously. But when I came in there, with like books and pages and pages of just bars and anyone's rhythm I'm willing to go on, you know what I mean? It kind of changed the dynamic. So uh, there was like a rule, like no year 10 can jump on a song with a year 11 unless they're like super, super hard. You know what I mean? So I remember my first song I jumped on, I jumped on with someone a year above me. So I already broke that threshold. And then what it was, everyone was looking at the orders like, oh, they do the music. You lot are kind of on this up and coming thing. So, okay. um, yeah, just uh, music kind of took over from there. Like, because I'm in a studio. Back when I was in Crest, it was no studio. It was more just, um, 
It was just a, a janitor's a janitor's room that had a MacBook in it, and okay. we stole some mac microphone from the fifth floor, and we were just trying to make it work. We weren't even on Logic; we were on GarageBand, which used to make beats. So now I'm in this studio, I'm in my elements. I'm like, rah, I can never not go into studio and not come out with two, three, four, five, seven, eight songs. You know what I mean? Okay. And then I started to change the way I do everything. Like if I'm in class, I said, fuck it. You know what I mean? I'm just going to write bars instead. Fuck school. But because I'm such a, a trendsetter when it comes to this music, Everyone else started to go harder in the studio as well. Everyone else in my classroom started to not do their work and then write bars as well, you know what I mean? Okay. So then the school didn't attack us all, they attacked me for it because it was like, but you started it, this is your fault, you know what I mean? And then I remember getting taken out of music for a little while. Man had my birthday, got ill, red tear tear, and just, I was on a mission of one man came back to school, it was like, I need people to know that, yo, when it comes to this music, no one in this building can really fuck with me. And yeah, I don't I don't like to gas myself up about it, but yeah, when it comes to that building, I had several legendary moments. Like my company song that's on my YouTube channel now, I recorded that I, I wrote the verse in a like a, a English poem lesson. Like the teacher was just there like, yeah, you guys come up with something creative, rare, rare, rare. These times I was still banned from going to studio because of the whole writing and lesson stuff. Man wrote that verse, put the teacher's name in it. He started gassing himself and was like, you know what? You know what? You're going in the studio right after this lesson. Man recorded it the same day and it was just a vibe still. I won't lie. And um, I think my biggest moment in the school was, so I was at my girlfriend's house. It's at my girlfriend's house and... You know, that was the first time really experiencing writer's block. I'm still in year 10, and she was, she just slapped on the beat. And she was just on my like, nah, nah, you got to write some shit. And, bro, we came up with this song called Little Jojo, this drill shit. And it was, it was so, it was one of my early catchy rhythms, you know what I mean? And I remember I, uh, what was it? One day, because we used to do, Thursday you have, uh, studio in the building and then I think it was Tuesday after school Tuesday after school you do studio so after school one day she's Eloise is walking with me and we bop in there and fucking I'm moving kind of lately because I ain't been at school I ain't really trying to you know you know me when I stutter that's it for me you gotta do it again I'm the one take king you know what I mean just chop out the breaths let's go keep it moving whereas everyone in my school oh 16 takes you know what I mean I'm the one take master they'll tell you and there's video proof you know what I mean so um yeah she literally just got onto me like in front of everyone and said get in the fucking booth and do it now like who said that Eloisa she was rich she was do it so I'm like so I'm there like I'm there like well if I don't do it now I'm gonna look like the biggest bitch ever so a man went in there and you know what I'm... Uh, right, yeah, man went in there, done the thing. And er, once I came out the booth and everyone heard it, everyone was like, I understand why she kind of told him, yo, put your fucking foot down. And then what, after that, what? Everyone was singing my lyrics in the hallway. And that's when I knew, oh, raw, like, man could actually take this thing to an extent, you know what I mean? 
but yeah, yeah, that was that was top ten moment. Can't lie, can't lie. Uh-huh. And then just just what? I'll be in a random lesson, and then someone will be misbehaving, and they're just walking down the corridor, uh, walking down the corridor, and they're singing. I call up little Jojo, okay, we're going up Tottenham. And I'm there like, so you're in trouble and the first thing you think about is my lyrics. So, yeah, yeah, that's where my, um, that's where we go. Uh, year 11, I think year 11 for man who just, it just stamped my legacy in Peru when it comes to music. Like, uh, the Consequential Progression Tape that released on January the 14th, 2021. Uh, I recorded, I want to say about 80 to so if there's nine songs, yeah, about 80% of them songs are recorded in Peru. Okay. So the only songs that wasn't recorded in Peru was Breaking Bad and somebody else. Breaking Bad was recorded on United Borders Bus. And somebody else was also recorded on Breaking Bad. I mean, United Borders Bus. Big up somebody else, though. Shout and bass, let me use the sample. You know what I mean? If you know, then you know. But, um... Yeah, that brings me to my tapes, man. My tape, Consequential Progression. That was like putting my toe in the water and saying, "Raw man, really, I want to know, I want to know what everyone thinks of me." Type thing, you know what I mean? Like, I want to know. Cause me, for me, it was my brethren's released music on YouTube. That's getting it, one k, two k, four k, whatever, whatever. Man's releasing, and I'm only getting hundred, two hundred. But that never phased me. I'm like, all right, cool. As long as it's getting more than five, ten, man, don't run with it, innit? it? Don't really matter to me. So, yeah, I'm going through the paces. Man, drop the tape, and it's like, I'm seeing a massive amount of love. So now I'm like, I, excuse me. Now I'm like, I didn't know this many people were up with man. So, so where would you say your core audience is? What as a location? Yeah. So. I'll tell you what the statistics say, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you what the statistics say first, and then I'll tell you where I receive the most love from personally. Okay. So, I got a forty-two, forty-two percent of my base is head. Forty-two percent of my audience is in New York, like alone. Okay. That it doesn't tell me the borough, whether it's the Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island. I get it. New York love me. I don't know whether it's car. I don't know what it is. And especially me on New York drill, it's like that blend that you've never kind of heard before. Especially car. I try not to sound like no one. Especially car growing up. Like the people, the artists everyone listened to, I wasn't trying to listen to them. So now, whereas you might have influence from like an early Jay Haas and a Mole Stack, I wasn't listening to them people growing up. I was solely on one artist or two artists, so my flow and my cadence is all different. So, forty-two percent New York. I got a another forty-two percent from the UK. Uh, that split up. Yeah, from the UK that split up London, Birmingham, Cardiff, Liverpool, Manchester, Isle of Wight. Shout Isle of Wight. <sighs> Man, I miss Isle of Wight. But um, and then. The remaining 42, it's 84, 16. The remaining 16%. I know Australia takes up like 4 to 8% of that. I got big Australia, Melbourne, Sydney. Aust- yeah, yeah, they love me. They love me down south. So 
And then it's kind of scattered. Like I got big up Jamaica one time. I know that's going to grow to like 20, 25% when men go down there. They're going to be, huh? Oh yeah, I got like a 2% audience from India, Tur- Turkey, Persia, mad little European countries that... You got Pakistan in there somewhere, no? Pakistan, yeah. Yeah, I do have Pakistan. Big up my Pakistan fans, you feel me? All over the world. And, um, yeah. But I receive, I probably receive the most love, like, on messages from my UK fans and more my European fans. Like, my European fans, they'll, they'll hit me up and they'll, they'll hit me up and they'll, they'll put their message, whatever they want to say to me, they'll put it in Google Translate and then send it to me. So then, even that, it's like, raw, you still try to chat to man. And I appreciate, you know what I mean? So, um, defo just, for every time someone messages me or what, I'm kind of like put in like a place of just humbled. So, but yeah, that's where I, that's where I get the most love from. You know what I mean? From me personally and from the numbers. So, what is it that is holding you back from going to the next level? You know what I think's holding me back? I think, I'd say, one, it's myself. Yeah. And then, two, it'd be... Me, I just... I've kind of grown in a place of... Before, it was all about quantity. And now it's more about quality for me. So I'm still understanding that, yeah, a year, two years ago, six months ago... I might have been able to write 20 songs in a day or a week and they were all, you know, subpar or, you know what I mean? You might have the two that are amazing. But now it's more of a thing of, man, write once a month and it's like, them 10 songs that come out of that one writing session, that's the holy grail, you know what I mean? Like, that is what people will live by for, you know, a small amount of time. But no me, I'm not going to lie I think this working thing's not for men, I'll be honest. You know what I mean? And that's that's something that I, I even spoke to my girl about like today, this afternoon. I was like, nah, nah. You know what I mean? So me right now, I'm working till I go away. And when man come back, man's going to the end of the year. And in January, we're kicking the shit off. You feel what I'm saying? Cause this shit ain't for me. But um i probably say also it has to do with man's, like, I don't know, I get anxious around people. Like, more than, what, two people? Yeah. That would change, because if you're doing the artist thing and when you when you see a body of people of 300,000 and 200,000 or 10,000 or 15,000 or whichever is, you know what I'm saying, they're there for your music, so... At some point, you have to get to the comfortability of being in the space with all these people. I mean, you you're an introvert, but then at the same time you can be an extrovert because when you you go up on that stage, the introvert can't be there anymore. Is when you come off the stage, Beyonce is the same thing. She's a massive performer when she's up there, and so her thingy is called Sasha Face, but. In a little circle, there's not a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? So I understand what you're saying, but then at some point, 
Because if that's the thing is going to hold you back, then WS is never going to hit that limelight spot that you need to be because you're in the, your headspace all the time. So here's the question for you. Are you scared of the darkness when your eyes open? Or are you scared of the darkness when your eyes close? Um, I don't even know how to answer that question. I have no idea how to answer that question. So, here's a scenario with the question now. Yeah. If you're scared of the darkness when your eyes are open. Yeah. It's kind of a tricky one because every time you close your eyes, it's darkness. Yeah. Because no matter what you or bright the day is or whatever bright light you sit under, there is no light can shine through your eyelids, so it's always dark. Yeah. It's always this black hole, isn't it? It's like if you try to picture God or somebody you've never met, there is no picture in your memory bank when you close your eyes. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what Zilla look like, right? Yeah. So when you if you say you wanna think about Zilla or thingy, close your eyes, there's this picture because you've got this picture in your memory bank. Yeah. All these fans and people who are supporting the thing and listening to the podcast and all of that stuff, ninety nine point nine nine percent of them don't have an idea what Zilla look like. Yeah. So if they close their eyes, try to picture what Zilla look like, it's, there's no imagination. Yeah. There's no picture. So, you see what I'm saying? So, in in the context of you reverting to the fear that inside of you, yeah. you have to look at it from the perspective as, um, is this the darkness that I'm scared of, or is it when my eyes are open or when my eyes are closed? Because both of them are in your head, isn't it? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I'm willing to, when, as we're wrapping up December this year and we're heading into January, I'm willing to say, yo, bono the anxiety and all that dumb shit. Nah, we go, we go hard, you know what I mean? Till the wheels fall off and we start running on rims and that, you know what I mean? I get it. So, I mean, I wouldn't, I would, I wouldn't say that. Man, scared of the darkness or whatever. This whatever you're. No, I use that as an analogy just for you to understand the context of what fear or anxiety means. Because you can scare the dark. Yeah. While your eyes are open, because the lights are off, right? Yeah. But then the lights are on and you close your eye and it's still dark. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But anyway, so. We we we're just establishing something. It's just food for thought, in it. So when you're in your quiet time and you're going through all your thoughts and you process, that is something there to give you a little bit more oomph. Like, okay, cool. I'm being a bit silly right now because I'm stopping my own growth and my own process and progression because I'm in my own space. I'm in my own head. And yeah, simple as. So for me, as we end the topic of the mixtape consequential progression and all of that stuff. Since you've released the tape yeah. um, a year and change ago, mm-hmm. nearly two years now, how do you feel what pro- 
transition you've made from the tape release to where you are now? Um, I would say my transition. Well, I went through a transition behind the scenes. I went from by the time consequential progression came out, I just left year eleven. Okay. So man tried the college thing, didn't work out, and then straight after that, just I was in the working life. So having to balance out the working life and studio and this that and the fourteenth and this that. But then the first job man ever got, it was out of town. So I literally just said, yo, burn everything I've ever known, everyone I've ever known, I'm going out of town to work. And that's it. So the life of SQ project was to say, yo, no matter what man's going through, I'm still looking, I'm still understanding that, you know, people still respect that I have a voice through the music. So I made sure that even though I was heading down there quite often for weeks and months at a time i made sure that people had that body of music to reside in okay it wasn't as big as in consequential progression was nine songs and the life of sq was five songs but i made sure that i didn't i tried not to skip over the quality of the lyrics and anything i just i wish i could have done it differently now looking back on it but just the way everything was placed out that was the plan and then uh, earlier this year, I was on a little run, dropped a music video, dropped two. Um, and then, you know, just everything kind of fell out of place. So now I'm kind of at the place where I picked up all the pieces, you know, wiped the sweat off my forehead and man's back running, trying to catch up to where I believe I should be. So, you know, went Greece, shot a video in Greece, where you been, where you been is doing amazing. Shout out to everyone that's been streaming Where You Been. Where You Been is 14 streams away from 21,000 streams. Just want to put that out there. Um, Tem side, like, I've now understood that. I right, cool. I've understood how to play it, the pattern. So, yeah, man's in just the place of, all right, cool. I just needed to, I've spent so long trying to find myself behind the music that releasing the music to the public has taken... Has been is the it's been suffering, so now I'm on catch up for that. But I'm still getting love, even though I'm on catch up. So, would you say so? What about management and a team around you? How is this thing going for you? Um, it's kind of mad. Um, well, high school man I had no manager. Uh, left high school. Big up Brooklyn, but. The thing with Brooklyn is, and man will say this publicly, is that bro's too, he's too real for his own good. Like, if he sees you as a struggling artist and he knows X, Y, Z in his phone book might be able to help you, he's going to take you on. He's going to take that burden on and try be able to flip this and flip that. But you got to remember, coming fresh out of high school, bro, man had no... No money to put behind nothing. Man don't know nothing about no contract, about no this, no that. I don't really know nothing. So all I'm my next question to myself, is it college or is it whatever? So Yeah. Um Yeah, there was a couple of times when man thought like, raw the management thing might work. Like uh when a man recorded Rookie of the Year down Church Road and had a bunch of OGs around me giving me knowledge about the game and being able to hold um 
the number one album plaque in my hand and man telling me that I'm gonna get one of those so it was stuff like that man appreciate but so it was more of a motivational speak than actually give it so basically you was random people who you see say if you follow this channel follow this path you can be in this position holding the number one uh, a number one song plaque in your hand to say yeah I've achieved this is something to put on the wall you've been there done it Nah, it was more of, there was a plan in place. Like, the plan was, everyone knew I was working out of town. So, yo, S, we're going to shoot a video when you come back. You come back with the bread, you pay the director. We're going to make sure everyone's there. We're going to have this big link up. And then, me being, because at the time, you have to remember, I was I was still, I had to mix and master the life of SQ myself. Because no one else would get it done for me in the short time I needed it done. So, um, had to do that, was heading back and forth, had a bunch of things to do outside of it all, and, um, uh, yeah, the plan was, yo, S, you come back, pay for the video, and you just, we take it from there, innit, because I had a mixtape that was meant to come out, what, I was meant to drop three mixtapes last year, which was meant to be Consequential Progression, The Life of SQ, and then Flu Game as the third, the Flu Game was meant to have... Rubber Band, Violent Nights, Violent Dreams, whatever that song was called, Rookie of the Year, um, Thameside, and uh, Where You Been? Okay. So, man's come back now, and where man's thinking, raw, like everything's patterned, I'm going to come back, I'm going to slap this out. Where's the video? Where, where are we shooting this thing? I'm coming back and speaking to management, and it's a, uh, 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 it's like, what do you mean? Uh, bro, man's just been busting my ass working in some kitchen, million of miles away from the ends, trying to make this thing happen, and it ain't happen. Yeah. So now I'm here, like, so how much is this gonna cost, man? How much is this gonna run me? And then, cause my budget was, yo, man's not paying more than twelve hundred. Yeah. So it was, cause the song man was gonna shoot the video for was rookie of the year. So if you even look at the way man's been scheduling my releases to date, it's like I've, I've, I'm slowly releasing Flu Game, but I haven't released Rookie of the Year yet. Because I know that was the song that was meant to catapult man to a new level. So that is that was supposed to be a lead single? That was meant to be my lead single, exactly. So man's released Where You Been Off That, that's track five. Man's released Thameside, that's track four. Uh, Violent Nights, that's track two, that's got released... Rubber band, I don't really know what's going on with rubber bands. I don't really know how I feel about it, but so everything's got released. So then it's like, man, is talking and trying to figure out what's going on. And it's like, every time we're having a conversation, the price is doubling, tripling, stacking up like man's at casino night to route it. You know what I mean? Okay. So it's like, so like, even that, all the basketball jerseys I've got in my yard, that was for the video shoot. There was a theme that we were following. Because the song's called Rookie of the Year, you can only wear jerseys that the player, the player, the jersey you're wearing, the player had to have won Rookie of the Year in their NBA career. Yeah. So it was that, and then they want dancers, and then this, and then that, and then I'm like, wow, but I can't afford all this. So then what, I'm going to take out a loan? No, hell no. So the man started moving back, like, raw. I really should have handled this business, this side of the business before man 
really just took off and made the money. So then man said, all right, cool, go in a different direction. Bought a pad and was kind of doing my own thing for like, what, three, three to 11, three to nine months, you know what I mean? Which brings us to a couple months back, just before I went Greece. Yeah. And just, yeah, yeah, brings me up to current day and just, man's at this point now where it's like... So at this current moment, you're just in the trenches by yourself. There's no people around you, no team... It's just you rocking it, doing what you do. Um, well, that depends. That depends. Like me, I don't really know where I stand with everyone in it. Like, um, like, um, at one point I would say it looked promising. Like the management and rock, but I, me, I'm a man of. I'm either gonna do my own thing or. You know what I mean? Like that's the bottom line. There's no other. Like I'm gonna do what I need to do. Same way that you need to feed your family, I need to feed mine. Like I always try to keep the mentality of like I have someone else to feed, even if I don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, management. I'd say when it comes to the music, me and Zilla are on the music in it. Masterclass, Double S and Zilla. That's who manages the music. If I need an extra pair of ears, I give my I send my my girl the songs and she'll give me her feedback on it. You know what I mean? Other than that. So when people are hearing this music, it ain't been tested by like 15, 20 people. It's been tested by three. So if all artists fuck up one day and we just release a shit song, it is what it is. I get it. So um Beat makers, all the beat makers I know that move lately. Shout out loud, shout out Pyro. Shout out Pyro a hundred times. Pyro made somebody else. I'm pretty sure he remade Breaking Bad for me. Uh special delivery. 25A. Me and Pyro got a whole mixtape that people don't even know about. Big up big up Pyro, man. His his Instagram will be on the screen right now. Big up Pyro. Um But yeah, like when it comes to this music. Man, really feel like I'm in the trenches. If it's if man are not talking about yo, you gotta throw the bag at your music and nothing. It's like what bag? What bag are we talking? We're talking twenty five, thirty racks. It's like everyone chats like everyone else sells drugs. You know what I mean? Everyone talks to each other like you should have a thirty rack under your bed at any given time and shit. And it's like nah, gee. You know what I mean? I'm not with the fake, and I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, let's do it. And it's like. Nah, man, don't have that. So, it's the fake it till you make it situation, or is that one day where you can't grow this thing organically because you have to buy the slot? I don't know. All I know is that um, yeah, when it comes to this rap thing and whatnot, man's really, like, you feel me? Like, anyone who can call my phone and I answer, that's who I'm down here with, you know what I mean? Because trust me, best believe in the past, what? Two, three months. What? 90% of my, my caller got blocked. Blocked. And once men pay off this little thing on the side, best believe that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Changing my number. Car. You know what I mean? I know, I kind of see where everything's headed. Man's going to change my name to Double S. Everyone's going to be like, oh, why did you do that? And they're going to see the, stri- the strategic move set in place. So by the time the anniversary for Consequential Progression comes out in four months, it's going to be a thing of raw. 
he really planned this out from right to to. Now I got a call. Nah, now you can't call me because shit's changed, numbers change. Feel me? I get it. So um, yeah, that's that's the that's the deal with management right now. So you have so basically you haven't got a management. No, no management. Okay, well, look. So for me. I I need to ask some specific questions about some specific songs because I've been privileged to listen to a song and I honestly this is gonna sound like ignorance but being in my situation after things that I don't really know and whichever so there's a particular song. All right, hit me. Um, special delivery. Yeah. And um, even with. Little sis yesterday. Yeah. Uh, um, big up to Sha- big up show to Shante. We were listening, and as soon as this song come on, she said, "Dad, I can't really listen to this song." I said, "Why?" Mm-hmm. She says, "Yeah, it's too emotional." Yeah. And that song for me, every time I listen to it, it doesn't matter who is in the room with me. Yeah. I break into tears. Okay. Because it's like he's talking to me from a different perspective. Yeah. Now. What frame of mind or state of mind were you in when you decided, oh, you're going to pen this song? Okay, so I'll, I'll explain this, because I explained this to Eloise yesterday. When I make music, I either, I'm either in two mind spaces. I'm in the, I want to make you, like, bop your head so aggressively that you're about to smack your forehead into the desk, or... I want to make you so emotionally vulnerable that tears are starting to flow from your eye. Okay. So once I had made the decision, once Pat, once again, big up Pyro, Pyro's Instagram's on the screen. Once Pyro sent me the beat, cause I told him like, I need this car. I remember there's something about the sample, the Bridget Kelly special delivery that my mom used to play so much as a child that it kind of became like an inkling in the side of my head like an anthem on the side of my head, so to speak. So I told him, yo, sample this, gave him the BPN. And then once he came, once he gave it to me, I believe like that was him. That was the third person passing the bat on the baton to Usain Bolt in the relay. So all I got to do is really head down, control the breathing and take this home. And that's what I kind of believe the record was for me. It was kind of, okay, the hard part's done, the beat's been made, now it's up to me to live up to the expectation of the beat, surpass it, and have the message carry through the music. So, um, I just, I tried to make it um, as personal as possible. Like, I remember speaking to my sister yesterday, I sent her my song called Letter to Dad, that will be on the Life of Double S, so you guys will be able to hear it. That one day, she didn't play much of a diva. She only listened to uh, the the intro about 30 seconds in. Then she stopped and I said, oh, yeah, there's a message at the end of it. And then she played the message and that's when she started crying again. And I'm like, what's, you know, saying you didn't even listen to the song, but it's the message. And she said, you know, I was having this conversation today and I'm thinking, this is crazy. So, um, yeah, like, me, I try. Li- I like the like when I writing or I find a beat that I love. 
I need to understand which way I'm going to paint the canvas. Like, it's either going to be super aggressive and jumpy and we're going to be lit, we're going to pop bottles, that type of vibe, or, like, we're going to be down to earth. And I need I need you to feel me beyond the words I'm saying. I need you to feel the impact of, like, I need you to feel the action behind the words I'm saying. I need you to understand that as a human being, I'm struggling to understand how actions have emotions and why I'm feeling this type of way from someone else's so, actions. There's, there's a line in the song. Yeah. Where it said, Mom need a CEO. Yeah. I need to bring Mozilla back. Yeah. What was that about? So for that, for me, it's like, like when you play back, because I, I think before that, two lines before that, I think I said I was nine years old playing with my match attacks. That was nine years old that's what 2013 so i remember i remember being in my room by the heat or playing with match attacks like they're action figures i remember that and it's like fast forward um you went joe and it's like the feds done raided the place but when they raided it they done messed everything up like the electricity in some rooms ain't working the heating's mad messed up there's bugs everywhere like man are really trying to you know what i mean bug the whole yard so I remember the damp in the kitchen got mad bad, like, so we were living out of boxes, like, the refrigerator wasn't working, the stove weren't working, so we were literally living out of boxes, I remember, I think it was Christmas, maybe 2018, 2017, 2016, like, we were living out of boxes, like, we had to cook dinner on one of them plug-in stoves. So, reminiscing about that and everything and how life progressed so fast and man went from uh you know being in a st- being in like watching people in the studio and being like raw this is before man even took music seriously to now where it's like everything's come full circle i was a kid when my dad was in the studio and now i'm in the studio myself so now i need everyone to understand that like i'm just my voice is just a passage and you know time is gonna flow through my voice so i tried to bounce between the past, present, and the future. So I'm saying, before I get everything I need and on my journey to become whatever I'm going to become in this lifetime, in this realm, I need my mom to be at the top of whatever she's doing. So that's the CEO, that's the COO, whichever one's the top. And I need my Zilla to come home. So it's like, I need a CEO for my money, my Zilla back. And it's like, if someone were to ask, what would you do to that, like, bro? There's no type of question for that, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah, that song, the maddest part, I think I wrote that song in like a day. Whereas most songs, they take like three, four weeks to write. Okay. So, so there's another line in that song mm-hmm. when it, something about um, is Zilla, is Zilla something about mentally? Oh, yeah, is Zilla free? Uh, yeah. I'm not t- not just mentally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Car. What I see or what we're programmed to see through social media is um uh, what we're programmed to see through social media is that um a lot of people come home from jail, but they're not mentally home from jail. Okay. Like they come home from jail, but it's like they go straight back to um you know, eating ramen and that same like they're still in jail. So it's like, I I don't want, 
Because what I understood recently is that words, when you say words, you're casting a spell on it. That's why it's called spelling. So I'm saying I want Marzilla to be free, but I don't want him to just be free from the institution you guys got him in. I want him to also be free mentally from the place he's in. Okay. So um, that was the meaning behind that lyric. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, because it, it was more of a, the way I understand it is like, oh, uh, I'm going to tell Izzy still being playing Big Pop to my mini-me. Yeah. You got, um, I'm going to tell Baba everything they did to me. You got me leaning like that to help in Italy. Yeah. So for me, it's like, okay, so is this a crying out for something? Is this to express that look? This was where it was at one point and then everything been uprooted and put into another place. Um, I think that part of the song was more just looking back on everything that... Uh, I think with me, it's like so much has happened that it's easy for something for something that already happened to be forgotten about by me. So like, I might be reminded about something and it's like, oh yeah, that happened. But because I'm not really too... I don't remember too tough about what twenty seventeen to what twenty twenty. In between them, I don't really remember too much. Car, I was on the lean and the weed too heavy to remember most of it. So that's where. So you was trying to block it out by staying invisilated. Yeah, so that's why I said they got me leaning like that tower up in Italy. Okay, so it was a metaphor, plain words. Yeah, a little double entendre, and then just um. The line before that, is he playing big pop to my mini-me? That's more of a thing of, like, raw man's really tired of the... I don't know about everyone else. I don't really like the feeling of bringing kids to a prison, an institution, where they have to be searched. And so it's like, by the time I have kids, I need my dad to be home. You know what I mean? If my dad came home, I'd have kids quicker. You know what I mean? Because I would love to be like, I would love to for you to be like, yo, S, you know this is literally the smaller version of you. Like, you used to do this. I want my youth to f- pour his food on the floor and eat it, just like I did. You know what I mean? So it's like, I need that memory. So these are stuff that, in the music, it only makes sense to speak. Uh, if I'm speaking a song into existence, then I need it. And the, fun, the funny thing about that song, Special Delivery, it was actually going to be part of, like, a... A little LP, EP, whatever it's called, called um, Post Office, where I just post all my letters. I still might release that, though, because that's a banging idea, but yeah. Okay. And we got letters to everyone. Letter to dad, letter to mom. You guys had letter to big bro, uh, track nine on Consequential Progression. Love letter, that's track five on Consequential Progression. And um, a lot of people classify the life of SQ Um the song track four off the life of SQ EP as a letter. And um I'm not I'm not mad about it. I never really thought about it as a letter. If you guys think it's more it's heartfelt enough to become a letter, then reach for the stars, go hard. You know what I mean? But um yeah that's the answer to that question. So the song um um song cry. Yeah. Um, well, I think, once again, I think that ties into an earlier 
topic where I said I didn't listen to whoever everyone listened to. So it's like, until what? About, I want to say, eight months ago, I never really heard like a Jay Z song. I knew um, Empire State of Mind. I knew Niggas in Paris with Kanye. But other than that, I was like, does this guy even rap? So I remember, I remember speaking to my manager at Brooklyn one day, and he was, he, he was just because he's a, he's the biggest Jay Z fan I've ever met. So I was there like raw, you know what I mean? I was like, all right, cool. Let me let me see a Jay Z beat. Let's see what's going on. And they were all just boring and boom, ba, boom, ba, boom. I was like, all right. then I heard the song cry, and I was like, whoa, car. That the the title resonated with me before I even heard the um the beat, the instrumental, because that's the one thing I've been able to do with my music. I've been able to make people cry over the song. So when I heard the word song cry, I was like, oh, this is for us, clearly. It's not going to be one of them songs that make you cry, but I just, I want to resonate with that. So, yeah, literally just heard the instrumental and just kind of floated it. I tried not to write something. I tried to make it all come off the dome. We shot the video for that. If you... If you um go on the Patreon for only five pounds a month, you can go watch that unreleased. You know what I mean? You can go watch that. But um, yeah, song cry. There was no, there was not really much thought behind it. It was just, I want to make the song cry, and that's something that you can find in some of my most impactful songs. I'm either talking about tears or blood or something. Car, it's either the song's gonna cry or I'm gonna make the beat bleed. That's one of the two. So that's how I try to approach it. Okay. So your most, what would you say is your most memorably, memorably moment in the recording studio? Um, ah, I think oh, there's a couple. So I'm going to give you guys one. We might still have it on tape. Don't quote me on this, but I remember I was in the studio with Eloisa. I was in the studio with Kilo, my old brethren, who at the time I was making my engineer. Okay. And then I remember being in the studio, we were in Pirates Down. I don't remember I don't remember where we were. And um I remember just talking to bro and he's like, nah. Cause you know when people say, Oh yeah, I like it, I like the song, but his face is best just like this. I like the song. Yeah, it's, it's it's nice. It's nice. And I'm there like, you clearly don't like the song, bruv. What's wrong with your face? So then I pulled up the way you been beat. And then everyone's face just kind of, yo, what, what's this? What's, I hear that. And I want to out. I you. So I'm like, all right, cool. I got to do something to this. But I never wrote anything to it. So I told bro, all right, cool. Play the beat. Put it on loop. Give me three minutes. I'm just searching through my phone. What's going to go to this? And then I came up with something. And literally, the rest is history. And now, what? We're about to be on, what? 21,000 21, streams. And then, what? We recorded it. Um, Eloisa shot the video for me same day. And then we released it all in, like, 18 to 24 hours. You know what I mean? And then, yeah. yeah that was the, if you go on my YouTube channel, that's the original Where You Been video. So there's the new one that we shot in Greece to to celebrate the 20,000 streams, but the original was shot almost a year ago. No, a year ago, today. Okay. So, yeah. Um, memorable moments. Whoa. 
Violent Nights. I remember recording Violent Nights. I was in, once again, Big Up Killer, Big Up Eloisa. We were down Croydon, East Croydon. We were down East Croydon. I think Brooklyn was late. Late to the studio session. Or he, was, he wasn't in the room. I remember that. And we had like a, either a 10-hour thing or a three, four-hour thing. And man was in there and it was like, once again, the vibe's dead. You know, because when I do the rap songs, there's Eloisa and Kilo, they're not rap fanatics. So they don't go crazy for the song cries and uh, yeah, yeah. they go crazy for the rule number ones. When the beats kick in and they understand two, two lines, you just see the head bop like they're in Fresh Prince. You know what I mean? Okay. So, um, yeah, once again, just when I do the freestyles and the longer raps, they don't get it. So I said once again, yo, bro, slap on that beat. And uh, how does it start? Falling, dreaming, talking, in your sleep. I know you want to rap. You know what I mean? So, and it was, yeah. You know the, so this is what I meant to ask. Yeah. Is that you singing the hook? No, it's not me singing the hook. It's a sample. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a sample, uh, Kanye Knight. Ugh. I said Kanye night. Kanye West Violent Nights. Okay. Um, yeah, literally just said, yeah, this this is hard. But with the thing is with me, I probably have like four hundred sample songs. Unless I believe it's um gonna be worth it. I don't believe unless I feel like it's gonna blow up and be an amazing hit single, I don't release them. Cause they're gonna end up taking all my publishing anyway, so might just release it for free on YouTube, no? Subscribe. Subscribe. But yeah. Okay. But yeah, um memorable moments, boy. Memorable moments? Do I have a memorable moment that I can think of at the top of my gaff right now? Uh oh yeah, when we made Breaking Bad. Oh my. When we were down the we were, I was on United Borders bus, shout out United Borders, shout out Justin. Shout out the mandem, shout out everyone. Um, we were down in Church Road. I'm there, I'm down there with my brethren, Brookshot. And literally, um, Els has walked on the bus from our church. And, um, uh, what? Like, everyone's kind of gas car. Everyone knows he's been rapping for time, but he ain't released no new music in a little while. So, Brookie's tapped me like, yo. Like, this was our chance. Like, bro, we got about three and a half minutes to slap on a beat and go crazy. Literally pull up some random beat off YouTube and uh, I think, I don't remember what the beat, I don't even know what the producer's name, but I remember he was a pussy anyway. Come man tried to buy the beat and once he heard the song, he wanted like quadruple what he originally set the price for. So I think the original price was 350. Once he heard the song, he was like, nah, you give me two bags for it, I'll give you an exclusive rights. I was like, what? That's mad. So then I just got, you know, once again, shout out Pyro. I got Pyro to remake the beat for me. So anyway, um, uh, yeah, literally just, I had the beat and it was like about 45 seconds. I had the hook. I just do it like Breaking Bad. How does this song even go? I don't remember. Do it like Breaking Bad, um, something about in our lab, blah, 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 blah. Every time I hear that song, I get confused with Dilemma. Because Dilemma goes, I just do like Breaking Bad. That's in and out of the chat. Penodite, he's like, yeah, I get mad confused because I was just singing Dilemma right there. But um, Breaking Bad, that was lit. 
like just going back and forth. Cause me, I'm a man where yo, like, I don't let no one shit on me when it comes to features. There's probably about two songs in this lifetime I've probably lost, like uh, when it comes to verses. Number one is probably track. What track is it? It's not. I don't remember what track. It, I think it's track seven of Consequential Regression, which was Cold Hearted Future and Bruckshot. That was originally the remix. I originally had someone else on the song and my second verse was a lot harder. But because he took the second verse, he left my weak ass first verse and then he jumped on the second verse and now it looks like, oh, S, you got carried. Well, it's like, whatever, man. I let you think whatever you think, innit? So, um, but yeah, I think that's my most memorable stories when it comes to the booth. Yeah, yeah. As of right now, anyway. So, when when Western Western Road Western Road big up my Western Roaders yeah so how did you come up with the idea of Western Road this is mad because I've actually had this question before um Western Road um so we're just gonna revert a little bit I had a, I have a song called Look Around. And I was freestyling for about four and a half minutes. At the end of the freestyle, I came up with the lines. Um, uh, how does Western Road again? Uh, trying to treat Zilla like he big meat. What's the What's the line before that? Um, oh, I don't remember, man. I'm all over the place. But um, I literally came up with the start of Western Road from the end of that song. So then when I heard the newbie, I took them three lines and I kind of just, I wanted to go somewhere so different with it. I wanted to go down a rabbit hole and it's like, if you're not listening, you can't really go the whole way with me. So, yeah, literally, I wrote it, uh, I wrote it, produced it same day and then didn't really think no way about it. Like, I just thought it was a regular song. And then, and then I sent it to BBC Introducing and then Big Up. Song you sent to BBC? No, no. I've been sending songs to BBC Introducing for months. They got like years even. So they got um, they got three levels. They got um, uh, listened to, uploaded, and uh, played. So I've had songs uploaded and listened to by the the admin team for years. So. When man got the email that, oh, there's a chance that this thing might be played, I was like, oh, whatever, bruv, whatever. You guys always say that. And then I'm left there sitting there with my dick in my hands because there's no song. Okay. Remember, I went, I don't remember where, I think I was in South. I remember being South for something. I think I was engineering someone else's recording session. I remember that. And I drove back home and I got like four or five emails. Your song has been played, rare, 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 tagged this that so i'm like what what song because meanwhile i've already sent in because they allow you to uh upload two songs every week or month i think okay so i've already uploaded like six more songs so when they say song i know i'm not understanding what song they're talking about yeah. and then i open up the bbc sounds app play that i'm like raw that's western road cuz so then yeah i was i was on a high for about seven to eight weeks after yeah so how did that momentum die out um the momentum died out 
I think that was it must be almost a year ago now. Um to be honest, I had nothing to follow it up. Because it was so unexpected, I had nothing. Like nowadays, like when I made when I made sure that I went I was recording where where you been, I had temps I had sitting in the pipeline. I had where you I had I still got more music sitting in the pipeline. So it was like I always had something to say, alright, cool. If that's step one, step two to five is complete. So yeah. once I pushed that one, I just got to jump straight to step six and get ahead. Yeah. With that, it was like, man, released it. Released it, letting everyone know, yo, man was on the radio, rare, rare, rare. And it was like, yeah, that's it. And then I went straight back to disappearing, back into my little rabbit hole. And yeah. popped out with a single, what, eight months later. So with all those recordings you had prior to that, you couldn't throw another one to build on the momentum? Um, I probably could have, but at the time, they just, I, w- I wasn't there. You know what I mean? I wasn't there. So psychologically, mentally, you weren't ready? No, I wasn't. I'll be honest. Yeah, I wasn't ready. So you ready now? Yeah, I believe I'm ready. I'm more ready now than I've ever been. Like, okay. And you kind of, and everyone... And to everyone that's hearing this right now, um, if you don't believe me, then, you know, follow me on Snapchat, follow me on Instagram. Car lately, more recently than ever, I'll be dropping more unreleased music, car. I just don't give a fuck anymore. Like I just got all this music stacked up. So make sure you subscribe to the channel on it. Cause man's gonna be dropping music like very frequently. And that's not just no bullshit that man's telling you that you want to hear. Like, I'm being dead serious too. So, like, you can just hear it in my tone. All my more, all the songs I've recorded in the past three months, like, there's there's almost like an anger behind it, car. Blood, I definitely believe that. When it comes to this this rap shit in this, in this country or whatever the hell you want to call this place, this island, uh, whatever the fuck, man's top five, top three. There's not many that can do what they do. I do. Like, yeah, everyone... Because when I talk about music, everyone can do the lit stuff. Everyone can do the club banger. It's not that hard to make a club banger. You know what I mean? Well, for me anyway, it's more harder to have someone cry from your song to me. So if man's just got to say, all right, cool. We just flood the marketplace until everyone's sick of me and I, I get my big break and we do that. Nah, so at this precise moment, if you can offer the top of your head in your catalogue, how many songs would you say you've got sitting in unreleased stuff? What all time? Oh, since from because it sounds as if you got more unreleased stuff than released stuff. A hundred percent. I got well, that's I got nine on the first, five on the second. That's fourteen. Probably got about 15 release songs right now that you can go get. Not to mention my old tapes. Oh, yeah, 20, 25 songs all time from year That's nine. Been released, so yeah, 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 yeah. That's still out. Yeah, yeah, you go about. Are we talking about unreleased songs where it's only you close circle, privy to? A, so roughly what? 100, 20, nah. 10, 15. So I got. We're talking release versus unreleased. Released, I got 20 songs out. 
and unreleased, I probably have. I'm not. I don't want to overestimate it, but I definitely got somewhere like almost two thousand songs now. Fucking hell. Yeah, like. So. Yeah. So for me, at this precise moment, mm-hmm. in terms of your growth, position, direction, where you wants to go with it. Yeah. What would you need as a package to help free establish doubles as a rapper into the mainstream because obviously everything is on the underground people are listening to the music but they're not getting it it's not like you getting commercially played or you're in the limelight where you're getting you're doing shows and all of these things so what would do you need to take you from where you are now to the next step up the ladder so what what I'm gonna tell you quickly, I'm gonna tell you how what my plan is for the next three to four months. I'm gonna tell you guys what I need from everyone else as fans afterwards. So my plan is I wanna have um so right now with the music I'm running like two series. Consequential progression and the life of double S. I mean the life of SQ, that's what's out. So man could either drop consequential progression two, I could drop the life of double S. I could drop, I could start a whole brand new series within the music and just go on kind of a mixtape run for the whole of next year. I'm talking okay. three, four, five, six, seven, eight, whatever makes logical sense, I could get it done. You know what I mean? If I don't want to oversaturate it, I might go for a three, four, every four months, man hearing my name. And because what I know is that the mixtape itself might not be the biggest thing in the world, like man or reposting or whatever, but. I know there's going to be a one-two single that makes the whole country say, who's that? Okay. Who's that? Man, you know what I mean? So, for everyone, all I need to say is that, like, I'm sorry for not, like, I don't know how to be vocal. Like, when it comes to, when when I really take time off this music and I really go live my private life and X, Y, Z, like, I don't feel like I owe no one an exp- explanation about anything. And it's wrong. So we're going to go off topic a little bit. Not from away from music, but what made you do music, start doing music in the first place? Um, When it comes to music, um, for everyone that knows me personally, for everyone that knows me, um, when you first met me, I didn't speak to you. Like, unless you're a relative, I didn't speak to you first. I promise you, I know I didn't speak to you first because I just, people, strange. That's that's how I associate, strange. People are strange. One minute they love you, then they hate you. That's strange. So I just said, cool. I've never been the person to say, hello, make friends. No, people make friends with me. People, people love the mystique and they want to talk to me. Um, So for me, it was like, I can't really talk to no one, but and when I do talk to someone, I probably say the most outlandish shit that spins them some way where they think, yo, this guy is kind of strange. So what it was, it was like, cool. But when man talked to this instrumental, this instrumental can't say shit back to me. It just says back what, it just plays back what I already said to it. Okay. So especially man was going through a lot, year nine days, I ended up having to quit the lean because... The lean was taking my breath away, but I needed my breath for the music. Okay. 
So I'd say music kind of saved me from the drug and the rare, rare, rare. So now it's more like a, a therapy box. Like I fully could be in a studio for six, seven weeks. Like shower next door, kitchen across the hall, and I just be in my element. Like you know what I mean. So um, I say music saved me and. Um, I use it more as an instrument to heal myself more than an instrument to please other people. But then what I'm learning is that that everyone needs healing. And because I'm healing myself, it doesn't mean that someone might not be at the stage I'm at. So that's why I released all the music to help you get from where I was to where I'm at now. Okay. So that's where uh, the love for music started. I see. So... In within the next, what's the plan for the next year and a half, two years, eighteen months to? So so now we in jumping out at twenty twenty three, crepting in closely to twenty twenty four. So if we say where would be us at twenty twenty five? This time twenty twenty five. Twenty twenty five. Um. Um, the UK is gonna know my name. Two two twenty twenty five. The UK is going to know my name. I refuse for it not to. Car, you gotta think like. Um, twenty twenty five. I'm only twenty one. I'm twenty one with almost seven six years of experience. So these other little dickhead twenty one year olds rapping like nursery rhymes. They can't on a level. They can't fuck with me. Car, what it is is. You got nerds trying to come from a street angle and you got the street man them influencing the whole world. Okay. So it's like, if you don't rap about killing or uh, trapping, people don't want to hear it. So that's what the nerds coming out of, the nerds that never came from that place, that's what they want to talk about. But they have no credentials to back it up. No, I, I understand the narrative. But yeah. The, the reason why I'm asking it because... Yeah, competition helps. I'm not trying to understand the competitive competitive thing because somebody has to lose for somebody to win. And then the person who winning is now basking in the success of destroying an next man food or his bread where he was supposed to eat. So for me, yeah, competition is fine, but I've never believed in successful... Yeah, like, in, in, in any aspect of, it's like in business, when you win in somebody's losing, and it's like even in football or whatever sports you play, if the team draw, oh, they're never happy, or we could have won the game, we could play better and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's could have, but you still draw. When you win, you're happy and you come and you share and you talk all about the strategy that went well. The mm. team that always had their strategy and they never win, they now start break down the strategy. Oh yeah, we could have done this and we could have done that. Then they're now building up their strategy to win. Yeah. So it's either they're gonna change tactic, they're gonna change the manager, they're mm. gonna change the, the the director, the CEO, or whosoever is in position to make sure that you got the winning formula, right? Yeah. Now, in 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 the life of Double S and in his world, he's an alone soldier thing because he's been let down by different people and many people. So are you looking to put a team together with only relevant 
important people to help you to jump start this thing. So 2025, this time, you're in a different position than where you are this time. Um, a team's defo it's good. It's it's a part of my future. I don't know if it's a part of the, the like, the next week, the next month. I don't know when exactly, but I know if men do the groundwork and release the first two tapes, then you know man's gonna be in the environment of being able to attract and you know be in the environment where people that are in that. I don't know what the word is. People that are in that like work scenario yeah does that make sense i know once i drop and make some noise for myself i'm gonna attract those people that i need for my own team does that make sense okay yeah so it's not a thing of your man need it right yeah it's it's gonna happen i know that for a fact so yeah i just need to i need to get i need to get to work like i got music to drop like a lot of music to drop car Man, man, write so much music that if I don't read, I can't write. Cause I feel like I've said everything I've I've said already. Like my vocabulary is there's nothing, there's no word, there's no sentence I've said to you now that I've never wrote down, or it's not in one song. You know what I mean? Okay. So um, for me, it's just about having different experiences and just experiencing different stuff to be able to rap and say stuff a different way. Okay. But yeah. I can't lie. For me, just everyone listening to this right now, if you're an SQ fan, double S fan, I will be dropping a major tape before January 14th. That's all I can say to you. A major tape. So, yeah, just be on the lookout. Subscribe, be on the lookout. And, yeah, let's let's get it cracking still. Yeah. And tell a friend for tell another friend and another friend for tell another friend and tell another friend for tell another friend. That we're coming at you every week so you can be chilling and vibing on the weekend. Yeah, we're here, man. How long have we been running for? 13 or 30? So we've been running for an hour and 13. We're about to wrap this up. We've got to shoot some exclusive access content. Subscribe to the Patreon, man. It's right there. It's right there. But, um,. Any more questions you want to say to me, Zilla, before you wrap up this episode and start shooting? Yeah, so for me personally, it's more of a... I, I, I hear the music. I've got some quality time to sit down and listen to the music. Mm -hmm. All I have to say from a fan of the music, not even from a personal perspective, but as I think people gather by now that Zilla is SQ's OG... But at the same time, for me personally, as a fan of the music, mm -hmm. I've 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 heard the growth, the growth. I've seen the growth. Yeah. I just want people to get the opportunity to listen to the growth and the 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 the, the, the artistry where the thing is coming from. It's only one criticism I've got about this thing here. Mm. Me personally. Yeah. Your vocabulary is very decent, so you have to find some way out to the explicit. What do you mean? I'm not saying you can't use the explicit language. Okay. But then if we want to attract different audience and different mindset and where, 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 
Yeah, you just have to clean it up a little bit. That's my only criticism. But that's okay, though, because Eloise are behind the camera right now can tell you. My first couple songs, fucking hell, bro. Every two words, it, yo, it, it was just fucking, fucking, fucking. So I'm slowly growing out of that, yes. These new songs don't have nearly as no one as much as swearing as the ones you got. So, you know, we're, we're doing thing by piece by piece. But shit, man. Sometimes you just need a fucking for what's the word? No, I get, I get what you're saying, but like I said, it's not Pow. nothing queer. On a map here. It's overly exaggerated. All I'm saying is, if we wants to, because you know we live in a world of stereotypical people, right? Yeah. And somebody won't listen to the song because it's got fucking in there or it's saying this or saying that. But then bear in mind, you have to be a type, of certain type of people to listen to a certain type of music. Mm-hmm. But as time goes on and the time you grow, you're going to attract different people and different audience. And we don't really want people to learn certain context and certain concept of how you portray yourself because they think, oh, yeah, they see you in the street and the first thing they say, what's up, motherfucker, or my dog, or, you know what I'm saying? Because, yeah, certain terminology, like, for me personally, and some, and every word we rock with, like me, I would never want anybody to call me a nigga. Yeah. Because I'm not that guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I said to somebody today, and I've been saying for a while, there's nobody that is racist. But everybody on this planet is prejudiced. And for people who don't understand what prejudice is, go and look up the word. And then you'll understand where we're coming from. Nobody's racist. But everybody is prejudiced. So when a person is president, president, prejudice against you is because certain connotations or certain tone or certain profanity or certain explicit being used and they think, oh yeah, I'm going to use this against this person. So, yeah, for me, keep doing your thing, fella. You, you've got great future in this thing, but then you are now have to be hungry for this thing because you're behaving like you're very full. Yeah. <clears throat> All you need to do is be hungry, and and once the the hunger starts short, then people will come along. Yeah. And yeah, people that out there who I don't know always are gonna be cause remember, you know, it, pe- people are like um, they they led where the masses are, so you will find out it's like a company, right? You know, when you set, when you write a business plan, they expect you to have an exit clause in the business plan, right? So exit clause means after five years, are you going to sell the business? So imagine for the, the hardest time in a business is the first five years. Yeah. Because the business can win or lose within the first five years. If you make it past the five years going into the year six, that means you now got a fully-fledged business, right? Yeah. And that's when you want to ex- exit the business when you're putting all this groundwork. Yeah, that's kind of mad still. Yeah, well, it's the same thing with your career, boy. People will sit down and watch you struggle, and as soon as it know taking off the runway and running, then all of a sudden now everybody want to come in to say, oh, yeah, I'm willing to do this, and I'm willing to do that, and I'm willing to do that, which you can't really knock it, or you can't really knock a person for their hustle. 
So mm-hmm. he was sitting on the sideline all along, watching me struggling out here with this thing. And then all of a sudden, are oh, you telling me, oh, this is what it is? But I'm not saying that to in no negative connotation to put somebody off. All I'm saying is, some of the time people see the talent, and because of the way, because bear in mind, everybody's got a place where they have to go back to at all time, yeah? Okay. So, if you... All right, we're going to use street as an example. Uh, if a man was on the street selling his, doing his little hustling and that was his first knowledge of earning his capital, yeah. every time he's get, that person gets to a financial struggle, they always go back to the initial. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Because that's who you know. Yeah. Like for me, because my lifestyle comes from a carpentry background and all of these things and I've always been and I've always been in that life from I was way high. It's for me every time I need to raise some capital, I always look for somebody who's got some farmer you want for fit a kitchen or you want to build a house or whatever you want to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I don't really have that street cred where more time when I sit down and have conversation with people and they're like, I've never sell drugs in my life. I don't even know what the terminology of drugs is. Yeah. But then the concept of other people, they automatically think you're a drugs dealer because you're black and you're from a particular um, geographical location and they try to associate it with gangster business or badness or whatever, whatever. But... I'm a big fish, so you can't fry me in the small fish aisle. Yeah. I'm too big to hold in that little frying pan there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear that. So all I'm saying is, son, you've got all these possibilities and all the great things in front of you. You cannot fear the unknown. Yeah. So from big pop to mini-me, yeah. all I'm saying is, boy, it's your time now to get hungry because you've been too comfortable in that slot there. Uh, yeah? Yeah. You can make some nice now, the, the the man who have a hearing aid thinking, oh shit, I haven't got my hearing aid in, but I can hear you. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So you have to put that into perspective. And I'm sure at some point, uh, they, there's a team of people that go assemble themselves to make sure that this thing happens. Of course, in due time, big facts. But at the same time, yeah. we, we can't really sit around and wait for that to happen because a year ago, nearly, we had a conversation with another person and they gave me their word like, yeah, I'm going to make sure this happens. And a year, nearly a year later, it's, well, it's November, we had that conversation last year. Yeah. And like two weeks later, yeah, it's like, okay, what happened? Because I asked the question, what is holding you back? And literally nothing. And a year later, you're still on the journey by yourself. Yeah. So, like I said, for me, every setback is for the get back. Of course. Of and course. every lesson, every last turn into a lesson and every lesson turn into a win. Yeah. Also, they're all learning curve. And I've always seen that every put pitfalls is for you to understand because every scar tells a story. Yeah. So every scar, you whether it's a mental scar or a physical scar, 
the rules tell a story. So you have to understand the concept like, okay, cool, we've been there. And I'm sure you've learned many, 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 many things since you start this musical journey a while back to where you are now. You understand how to um, publish your own music, how to get your own music registered with your publisher and how to do synchronization and all of these things. You have to learn these things on your own back. Yeah. Is it? So when somebody come into the stable with you, and bear in mind, and I'm putting this out there, for all of the young up-and-coming rappers or artists or singers or whichever, you have to understand that, okay, there's money in this thing than even the people them before. Like, people who start this thing 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, now they're selling their catalog because, yeah, their songs may be on YouTube, but they're not making no money from it because it's not synchronized. Hence why they're selling off their back catalog, back catalog for hundreds of millions. Now, double S, you know how to, you own 100% rights to your music. Yeah. You own the masters and all of these things, so nobody can't really come and claim the stuff. Yeah. So that is another thing that at some point, I mean, it's quite easy now for people to understand it, but then if a man just wants to rap and all of these things, because we always have this conversation that it's 98% business and 2% music. Yeah. And the easy part is the music, the 2%, but the 98% is the donkey work. Mm -hmm. And that's where you win or you lose. Yeah. Because remember, once you do it right once, yeah, this becomes a generational thing. Yeah. But if you never do it once, 10, 15, 20 years or 100 years down the line, your estate will be fighting for the rights and the publishing of your own bit, of your own work you've done 100 years ago. Yeah. So the, the, the whole ethos of this whole thing is to understand the rules of the game, because if you don't understand the rules of the game, you can't play. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. So, look, we're going to wrap this up. Yeah. It was great talking. It was a great conversation. I learned a few more things that I had questions, but look, this is a conversation we have all the time. So for the world to be listening to it and understanding how we chat this up, and it's, I like the idea of we talking to normal, everyday people. It's not no people from that walks of life or wherever they come from or how they see it or whatever they choose to understand from it. We normal everyday people just having a grand old conversation. Yeah. So, yeah. It was nice having the chat. Thanks for everybody again for chiming in, listening, and hope we can shed some light and some insight on the life of Douglas and his journey through this music here and where we're going to take it next. And yeah, come be a part of the damn thing. All right, I've got a final PSA. If you weren't listening at the start of the podcast, final PSA of the episode. Masterclass is now available on App Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, and Stitcher. All six episodes are available. If you're not watching this on YouTube right now, then what are you doing? We got video right now. Visuals. Visuals, as they say in Rome. So... Make sure you're here, subscribe, Patreon. If you want exclusive access to everything we're talking about right now, 
five pound a month, four ninety nine, no tax, no tax, no VAT. You know what I mean? You be in the trenches with us. We we support anything. You don't have to. We're not begging. Trust me, we're not begging. But guys, it's been your boy Double S. We got roast. We about to go record for exclusive access. So I'm gonna see you lot later. Zilla, say peace out to the people. Blessings, everybody, again. Thank you for listening. Wherever you are, good evening, good night, good morning. Blessings. Travel good. Hope you learned something today. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. We out. Peace.